0: I struggled to read and
1: write. What's today noted as being dyslexic. So I, I struggled all through primary and high school not being able to read and write. And it was something that even, I suppose, the teachers going into high school, that was something that they used in a bully sense, really, because I they deliberately get me to stand in class and read. And the whole class would just break up laughing, and I suppose at that point it was their way of trying to control me.
0: The Story G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to the story. Well, Brad Quilliam was 12 years old when he found out he was adopted. This rocked his already fragile world when suddenly he felt like he didn't know what was true anymore. Struggling in school because of dyslexia, Brad eventually dropped out when he was 15 years old and his future was unclear. But today we'll hear how God turns it all around As Brad Quilliam has a chat with Eric Scatterbo In our Melbourne studios Also Brad will share some of his music
2: Was the day you went off walking Off walking You found me And the time Calling, calling. You called me.
3: That's the song, You Found Me, written and performed by our guest today, Brad Quilliam, about the day he put his faith in the Lord and about his walk with the Lord since that day. Brad Quilliam, welcome to the program. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me along. Glad to have you with us, and thank you so much for sharing that song with us. Tell us what inspired that song.
1: That song is testimony, testimony of my life. And a lot of the songs that I've been led to write in one way or another have reflected my life or some type of experience that I've, I've gone through. So it makes them real and it makes it, I suppose for me, it inspires me to be able to perform them too, mm-hmm. because I know that there's meaning to them and I think that's important. And I think that from the, the songs, from what I've been told from others that listen to it, that... It encourages them as well, because they they feel the heart, Mm -hmm. they feel that, and there's some sort of connection because it's something that I've either gone through or I've experienced that encourages others.
3: Okay, we'll hear more of that song a little bit later, kind of reflecting over your life, but first let's back up and find out a little bit about your background. Where were you born and raised? Well, I was actually born not far from here. I was actually born in Mitcham. We're Uh, in Melbourne at the moment, so you came down, you drove down from King Lake Came down from King Lake today. And you were born, born west of here?
1: Yeah, so I was not far from here. I was born in Mitcham. So okay, I, all right. I uh, was actually adopted from birth, and I suppose that's something that I've had to manage in my life. Is I think the start of my life was one of the challenges, one of the many challenges huh. of, of... Did of, you know
3: when you were growing up?
1: Uh, up until I was probably later in primary school did I find out, yeah. So for a long time, I didn't know. No.
3: Mm. What impact did that have on you? I suppose that
1: that's at that point, it was groundbreaking. It was devastating because, you know, I all of a sudden found out that I, there was no connection. There was mm. no connection. That's the way I, I saw it. And then I started wondering, where do I fit in mm. this world? Who am I related to? Who are my family?
2: Yeah.
3: So it's kind of messing with your identity, it sounds like. It did, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that the other thing was that... Um, you all of a sudden realize that what you once thought was reality was not the reality mm. as well.
3: Yeah. And how old did you say you were when you found so it was up? later
1: in primary school. So okay. I guess that would be eleven, twelve, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah.
3: So that's causing a bit of confusion for you. Yeah. It did. But something else in school caused yeah, well, confusion for on you. Top of,
1: on top of that, uh, I struggle to read and write. What's today noted as being dyslexic. Mm-hmm. So I, I struggled all through primary and high school not being able to read and write. Did you know what it was? No, I just felt that I was terrible at learning. Mm. And, you know, I couldn't write and I couldn't read. Mm. So it
3: was, And everybody around you is doing it. Oh, no problem. Evelyn, Yeah. 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 So you thought something was wrong with you?
1: Yeah, I thought there was something wrong or maybe I wasn't paying attention, um... I didn't have an attention, good attention span at the best of times. Mm-hmm. And it was something that even, I suppose, the teachers going into high school, that was something that they used in a bully sense, really, because they deliberately get me mm-hmm. to stand in class and read, and the whole class would just
3: oh, break wow. up
1: um, laughing and
3: things oh, and like meanwhile, that. Meanwhile, so, you're feeling terrible.
1: I knew when they asked me to do it. I'm thinking, don't ask me, don't ask me, and they would yeah. say, right, we need you to get up and stand, stand up and
3: read. And you think they knew what they were doing? Of course they did. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was a deliberate. Mean. Yeah. yeah it was
1: amazing. their way of, I suppose at that point, it was their way of trying to control me or mm. trying to,
3: yeah. How was your behavior otherwise?
1: Well, I, I think when you're struggling with so many different things, mm-hmm. you're trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. So, I think one of the things that I tried to use was humor. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a very good cartoonist, so I, was, I mm-hmm. could draw. Okay. Um, yeah. And I was the school cartoonist, so I could actually cop oh, okay. my art was was hmm but the academic side of things, those sort of things, mm-hmm. not so much. And then I suppose my behavior spiraled mm. as well because, you know, because you're trying to fit in and then you're being disruptive because you're trying mm. to get people to laugh and mm. and those sort of things. And so you become a disruptive mm. student.
3: <laughs> and then eventually not a student at all.
1: Yeah, I was a bit over school. Uh, I felt that I struggled. My my behavior uh, had a lot of anger issues and things like that because of the frustrations of all these things were not as everybody else had. Mm-hmm. And there, so there was some frustrations there. I
3: think- Oh, all, kind of, why is this happening to me? Nobody else seems to be having these unique struggles. Yeah. kind
2: of.
1: Yeah, And I think that I used to run away a lot. Hmm. So I was one of those kids that would either fight or flight. And hmm. I didn't like to fight. I was good at it, but I didn't hmm. like to do it. So hmm. I felt that by running was probably a good way of dealing with things. So I spent a lot of time on my own mm. growing up and that then raised questions for a lot of people because they couldn't understand why I was running away. Um, having an alcoholic father didn't mm. make things easy yeah. and abusive and some of the things that was said that hurt. That would mm. hurt a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so my way of dealing with it was just to run away and mm. and, and be on my own. And I actually found peace in those times mm. yeah when I was away and
3: yeah what was the lowest point you would say
1: there was probably a number of those areas that were mm. low points um, I think nowadays they talk a lot about abuse they acknowledge that you know the bullying that would go on that they the school allowed mm. from other students yeah and if you're a younger student and you've got students three years older bullying you they didn't seem to, to pull it up Mm. so yeah so you're sort of dealing with a lot of that sort of thing and I suppose back then it was more of a sort of a toughen up attitude Mm. and that's what you had to do so the way that I then as I said you know I was a good fighter so if I was cornered then I would fight Mm. and once I would start I wouldn't finish Mm. and that was the way I went I would then just sort of lose control oh just all in yeah just, Mm. just lose control and so that I didn't like but that is what i had with me and it, i found many times particularly as a teenager find yourself cornered or even playing sport i played footy and i enjoyed playing footy and it was one of the things that even back then they could see that you could quite easily take care of yourself and mm. and you could take care of others as well and so it was something that they promoted mm. and it was part of the instruction
3: oh you know. oh yeah so something that you didn't like because you were kind of getting out of control mm. was being promoted and was part of their game plan. Hmm. Was the, oh, part of the game plan. Well, well you know, you, <laughs> at five you look, minutes in, you're going to lose control. <laughs>
1: well, you look at games like um, ice hockey. You look at, look at games in rugby and some of those games where you'd use violence hmm. to your advantage, hmm. and that's what was done.
3: Okay, and you're 16, 17 years old.
1: Well, it was even earlier, 14, 15, yeah. And and I decided to leave school Mm -hmm. and started working as an apprentice printer Mm -hmm. and then left home at 16. Went on very much a spiral of addictions and things like that, Mm -hmm. more antisocial behavior. Mm -hmm. And because you're getting older and you're getting bigger, you do a lot more damage. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like where things were going. It was quite destructive. But... Strangely enough, I, d- I didn't grow up in a in a faith family.
3: Yeah. Tell us about, was there any faith at all? Well, I did get a lot of it from TV. So, I would hmm. watch
1: The Ten Commandments Oh or yeah, yeah. with yeah. Um, Charlton Heston. Yes, yes. Or I yes. would watch um, The Greatest Story Ever Told, which was yeah. in the life of Jesus. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And the thing that I loved, there was two things I loved. One was the forgiveness that was provided in The Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And I saw there was the moral behavior. I thought, right, okay. But then when I would watch the life of Jesus and listen to what he would say, and he asked about forgiving one another and being able to walk in love and things, I thought, I love how that sounds. I mm. love how that is. Can that happen in my yeah. life? Yeah. It was what I experienced when I was 18 years old.
3: Well, according to your song, you went walking.
1: I went off walking, yeah.
3: But I guess it wasn't literally.
1: More of a metaphor. Mm-hmm. So I was very much like the prodigal son Mm. type of situation Mm. although you know I I was reckless all the way from birth really and I got pretty sick and I was I was living at my auntie's place at the time I Mm. got pretty sick and she came and said would you like me to pray for you and I said yeah sure and she said well okay she said you know I'm going to speak in a strange language so I don't want you to be scared Mm. I went, what can scare me? And um, she prayed for me and then spoke in tongues. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. I'd never heard it before. Mm -hmm. Never knew about it. And when she started speaking in tongues, I just opened my eyes and stared at her. And I thought, what's my auntie doing? And she said, well, you're in the Lord's hands now. And she got off and walked away. And I kept on thinking, what was going on there? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And all of a sudden, I realized, because what was happening was I was, my throat had actually was closing Hmm. And before I knew it, I realised because I, I I was struggling to swallow. All of a sudden, I could swallow,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I went, "I'm okay." Yeah, everything's good. And I was struggling with this, like, yeah. for a while. I thought, "What's what's going on? What is this?" And I said to her, "What's happened?" And she said, "Well, the Lord healed you. The Lord can heal me." And then I said to her, "What's going on here?" Mm-hmm. And she said, "Well, would you like to know?" And I said, "Yeah." So she pretty much gave me the story from Adam and Eve all the way through to the return of Christ and then to what would be happening after that and one day meeting the Father and I said, well, wow, I want this. Mm -hmm. This is what I want. And I started going to church.
2: Oh, I entered the water The water
0: You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scatterbo is chatting with Brad Quilliam in our Melbourne studios and sharing some of his music. We'll hear more of Brad's story and find out how God turns his life around when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1 800 Pray for Me. That's 1 800 772 936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're continuing with Eric Scatterbo chatting with Brad Quilliam from Kinglake in our Melbourne studios. As we heard before the break, Brad went through a difficult childhood, filled with struggles at school because of dyslexia and having his world rocked when he found out he was adopted. Now we're going to hear how God turns his life around. Also, Brad will share some of his music.
2: He gave me life so I could follow Seek you Appreciate the gifts you've given me. Given me. You've given me.
1: Had the struggles Mm -hmm. um, trying to fit in because I was going along. You got your Bible, you're trying to do Bible study, couldn't read. Oh, yeah. So I prayed to the Lord. I said, Lord, if you could help me, how am Mm -hmm. I going to learn and understand about you when I'm struggling to read? I can't comprehend even these mm. words. Mm. Then i got to apply into to my life yeah. and have this transformation occur. Um, mm. So it wasn't long after that mm-hmm. that I ended up moving back home to my parents' place. And certain situations occurred. My mum, who'd been spending time with my auntie, said to me, would you like to pray together?
3: Now, had she ever said anything like that to you before?
1: Maybe as a little kid that when I asked her how to pray and things like that, she'd showed me, but mm-hmm. no.
3: So this is just out of the blue.
1: This seemed to be out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah. So we prayed together mm-hmm. in the lounge room because I had addictions and all these different problems. And I've never drunk since. Is that right? Yeah. Never drank since. Um, the Lord just took the addiction away. So I never had the urge to drink wow. anymore. Yeah, Just from so. that... Yeah, just, just praying to the Lord and my mum praying with me together. Mm-hmm. And your father? So, my father being an alcoholic, because my mum was, was going to support groups mm-hmm. because of both of us. Um, but over, over the time, over the years, dad came to the Lord as well. Mm-hmm. And he was delivered of his addiction as oh, well. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, so he's passed away now. But you know, before he passed away in his life, mm-hmm. the Lord touched his life and and he started going to church and
3: oh fantastic so both you and your addictions and your father and and alcoholism yeah Yeah. and your mother
1: and so yeah so mum has a faith Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I suppose that it showed her what the Lord's capable of doing it strengthened her
3: faith Mm -hmm. well we want to talk to you about some of the things that the Lord has done in your life mm. since that time um, you got married yes yeah, yes children
1: not long after that i'd met my my wife and she started coming on to church with me and and then we got married we had kids four kids very she quickly she became a christian well she was she up in a church family but dedicated her life mm-hmm. to the lord and started coming on to church uh, with me regularly so and we had four kids uh, started up a business ever mm-hmm. that time employed well over a hundred, and a lot of the young ones, from, or various ones from from the church, or ones sort of floundering around. The Lord called and while they work working with me, and they started coming along to church as well. And
3: oh, so you're kind of using the business to kind the of the Lord nudge was them, yeah, <laughs> nudge them to, to church.
1: The Lord was, I think, the Lord was using it in that uh-huh. way, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was a, I think it was a safe place for mm-hmm. them to come out of out of the world and be nurtured and and come to the Lord.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Now we mentioned that you came today, you drove down from King Lake to be here in the studio in Melbourne.
2: Yeah. Two
3: thousand and nine. Two thousand and nine in about King what Lake yep, there.
1: Black Saturday bushfires. Mm-hmm. How which, did that impact you? Ah, well I lost my home, lost my friends. I was mm. with on that day, we were oh, performing wow. down at the country music festival. <sighs> and I was president of the business association. We'd set up the arts group at the time. So I was involved with an arts led recovery and economic recovery. We then set up a youth organisation. We got funding to build a youth centre and we established a Rotary Club as well. So we set up a number of different ways of supporting our community and the people more so than anything else. And I think over that time, it's been over 10 years now, I was funded by state government, employed by and contracted to local government to head up and to lead economic recovery for a few years. All that experience, talking about community, arts-led, youth, has led me to other parts of the country in, in supporting drought and flood mm-hmm. um, in
2: communities.
3: Weren't you the kid that didn't do well in school? Yeah. Look at you now.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I've been a, I've been appointed by state government to sit on the Adult and Community Further Education Council for Hume. Yeah. I said, how could you want someone like me? They said, because of your experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your industry experience, your, the things that you've been doing with the community—you've mm. got a lot to
3: give back into, yeah. and
1: understanding
3: about these things. It's not all about grades, mm. uh, paper, you know, handing in tests. Sometimes uh, it's about life.
1: It is, mm. yeah, and it's, and I think that the Lord always taught me about integrity mm. and to trust. And mm. I felt that being in business for so long, I had customers for nearly the whole time I was I was in business—the mm. same customers, yeah. And they said to me, we can't go anybody else. We don't trust anybody else. They trusted me. And I felt that I achieved that, Mm -hmm. at least, that Mm -hmm. I was trusted. Mm -hmm. And then through the recovery, one of the things I encouraged was hope, integrity. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the thing that I can continue to to encourage today is that when people have gone through trauma, they've gone through various things, maintain your integrity, Mm -hmm. but always hold on to hope. Mm -hmm. And I think that's most important out of all things. So that's sort of what I've learned. And then being able to share a lot of that now through the songs.
3: Yeah, let's talk about the songs. We're running out of time. But yeah. obviously, not only have you been involved in your community and helping out after the bushfires of 2009, Black mm. Saturday fires, mm. you've been writing songs like the one we started off our conversation today, hearing that one, yeah, You Found Me. We'll yeah. end with that as well. But why did you start singing songs and writing songs?
1: I would say that I have always had a love for music. Mm -hmm. And I tried playing music when I was younger, but I couldn't do the structured music programs. Mm -hmm. And so it was something that I felt the Lord had helped me in understanding music. And then with the writing, I believe it was His encouragement to help me to write what I experienced out and then sing it, sing about Mm -hmm. it. So a lot of it has been, I would say, it's divine. That's the Lord. Hmm. That's sharing my heart Mm -hmm. through music, my testimony. And it's there to glorify the Lord and the Father. That's what it's all about. So Mm -hmm. it's not to glorify me. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of the clips now that are on YouTube, I won't appear in them because they're not about me. Mm -hmm. These songs are about the Lord and the Father, but Mm -hmm. what he's done for me.
3: Yeah, and they're being played overseas.
1: They are, yeah. So they've been taken up with the US-Canada Africa, Europe, Philippines, Pacific Islands. So they've gone pretty broad, yeah. Yeah. So it's been quite amazing, the songs that have been accepted Mm. in various countries, and they seem to resonate Mm. somehow. Well, tell us, what impact are they having? I suppose for me, it's I'm able to connect with others. So I've done similar things. So radio interviews with people overseas to also share what the songs are meaning, but mm-hmm. also then you share the testimony as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you are there able to encourage others in other countries because they're all going through different circumstances. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in our world today, we've got a number of different issues that are impacting countries. And, and this is having an impact on those who believe as well. Mm-hmm. So this is my way of encouraging them. Have hope, maintain hope, Mm -hmm. and look to the Lord.
3: Okay. Mm -hmm. We'll end with more of your song, You Found Me. We heard the beginning of it earlier. Tell us, how does it end? What's the message behind it, I guess we could say?
1: It's our hope. It is what we live for, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, one day, you know, we're going to be with the Lord Mm -hmm. and then the Father. So for me, that is the ultimate. Mm -hmm. That is what Mm -hmm. we're living for.
3: Well, you share with us your story And also your song You Found Me Which is kind of an overview Of your walk with the Lord From the beginning When you put your faith in the Lord Looking to the future And as you mentioned Always having hope Thank you so much Brad Quillam For sharing your story with us today Thanks Eric
2: There's a time that's coming With peace and love I want to be there this chance with the blessings and the life to come
0: That's the song You Found Me and it was written and performed by our guest today Brad Quilliam from King Lake in Victoria and it was great to hear how God turned his life around and filled his life with joy after he went through a difficult childhood filled with struggles at school because of dyslexia and having his world rocked when he found out he was adopted. But the great news is that when Brad put his faith in Christ, he was adopted into God's family and his heavenly father is the best dad anyone could possibly have. As the Bible says in the book of Romans, the Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us that we really are God's children. And since we are his children, we will share his treasures for all God gives to his son Jesus is now ours too. Wonderful words of encouragement for all who have been adopted into God's family. Well, if you'd like to learn more about being a part of God's family, we would love to pray with you about that. Our prayer line is 1 800 Pray For Me. That's 1 800 772 936. We'd love to pray for you on that number, 1 800 772 Thanks for joining us for Brad Quilliam's inspiring story and some of his music. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. After the surgery, the doctor gave sort of a prognosis to my dad and just said, look, she's had serious
1: head trauma. There's quite extensive brain damage. We're really not sure what it's going to mean, but she may not survive. And and if she does, it's very, very likely that the person you know may well be gone. That upended my late childhood and then teenage years Where you go from having two
0: parents To effectively looking after one of your parents When Dan Patterson was nine years old His world was rocked when his family was in a tragic car accident In which his mother was severely injured At 18 years old he began to search for answers to life's biggest questions And now questioning Christianity has become a big part of his life We'll find out how as Dan shares his story next time The story, Story. just another way vision is connecting faith to life.